From the EPR Creation Studio, this is the Unconquered Podcast. We're going to be talking Florida State Louisville today, doing a little bit of a preview. And before I start, I want to thank EPR Creations. If you have any need for online marketing or any sort of website development, give EPR Creations a call or an email. Their information is in the show notes, best in the business. And while you're at it, sign the petition over at showthesafeties.com. We still need we need a, a nice groundswell. Get your friends to sign that petition. We need a groundswell of support to uh, send this along to ESPN and uh, and the powers that be so that they can actually shoot these games the way that they should. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it, get into the, uh, into the preview for the Florida State Louisville game. And to be totally honest, this is a game where I've been surprised by how people have talked about this game from the beginning. And then I was even more surprised when Florida State opened a nine-point underdog. And even going back into the preseason and, and into the offseason, I remember hearing people talk about this Louisville team and this Louisville game for Florida State. And honestly, I was a little surprised each time I heard about it because I was hearing people talk about Louisville as though they were one of the favorites in the in the ACC, you know, top four team in the ACC in the preseason. And I just didn't see it. And I still don't see it. I haven't seen it so far this year. If you look at what Louisville has done this year, they've basically been at my expectations. I mean, losses, they beat Western Kentucky in the opener and then losses to Miami, Pitt, Georgia Tech, and Notre Dame all on the road. Now, all of those teams are good. Minus, well, Georgia Tech isn't that good, but, you know, they're they're okay. Florida State lost to Georgia Tech, but Louisville lost to Georgia Tech 46-27. to now, Louisville is more competitive against Miami than Florida State was. They only lost to Pittsburgh, and that's a good Pittsburgh team by, by three. They were more competitive against Notre Dame than Florida State, losing by five, 12 to seven in a strange game. But this is, this is still largely the same Louisville roster that lost to Willie Taggart-led Florida State. And I just... I. I, I guess I can't let that I can't get that out of my head. I don't know if I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that that I can't get out of my head. That's like, look, what in the world? Why is it that this Louisville team has gotten so much more respect from everybody else than what I see on the field? I I don't I don't see that. But that that said, Florida State is no juggernaut this year, and we all know this. So. This is very much a losable game for Florida State. It makes sense that they're a an underdog on the road. I think a four-point underdog, which is about where the spread is uh, as of this recording. I think that makes more sense than a than a nine-point underdog, especially coming off of a, a big win and you know the obvious letdown factor that you you kind of expect with in a road game against a team that, that can play. And given what you've seen from Florida State the last few years, why would you expect Florida State to come into this game and be dominant and dominate a team that's been sort of on their heels all game, all year. So I, I get it. I do. But again, I, I think Florida state and this Louisville team are, are actually more or less on a similar level. So I think this is going to be a competitive game. This is one that you can, you can see these two rosters and these two programs as both improving, they're both well coached. I think Satterfield's a really good coach for for uh, for Louisville. I think they've got one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. 
they do a lot well in their coaching staff. But when I start thinking through, I go, okay, so where where are these teams talent-wise? Where are they in the scope of the season? And what what can we expect? So that's what we're going to be talking about in here. I'm like I said, I'm I'm less bullish on this on this Louisville team and have been from the start than most, so maybe I'm a little bit biased there. But we're going to we're going to talk through that. We'll talk first Florida State's offense against Louisville's defense and then we'll talk Louisville's offense against Florida State's defense. And then we'll wrap it up with special teams and conclusions and some projections as usual. I want to pause to thank Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida for his continued sponsorship of this show. If you have any needs for real estate in the greater Jacksonville area, give Louis a call. He's the best in the business, particularly in the realm of staging your house and taking great photos, smooth walkthrough video, drone footage, all sorts of things to make sure that your house will pop if you list it with Lewis. Give him a holler. Information's in the show notes. Tell him you heard about him from the Unconquered podcast. So in a lot of respects, the Louisville offense is a lot like Florida State's offense, where they have a mobile quarterback. Actually, remember, Florida State's quarterback was recruited to play for Louisville under Bobby Petrino, the same guy who recruited the current Louisville quarterback, Malik Cunningham. And Cunningham, similar skill set in a lot of ways to uh, to Travis. Now, I think he's overall, got, uh, he's got more arm talent than Travis does. And Travis might be a little bit more dynamic as a runner, but their overall skill sets are pretty similar. And you're going to see a lot of the same sorts of things from uh, from Cunningham as you're going to see from Jordan Travis. They're just going to throw it a bit more and challenge you a little bit more in more traditional pass concepts with Cunningham because he's got more of a live arm and can challenge your defense in, in the passing game. And on the year, he's been pretty good. He's, you know, 10 touchdowns, five interceptions, 62% completion percentage, 7.8 yards per attempt. I mean, those are solid numbers on the year. And, and he's been pretty good. And, and he's actually played reasonably well in several games. I mean, you look at his numbers against Notre Dame, 77% completion percentage. The issue there was it was only for 137 yards, only 6.2 yards per attempt, but still no turnovers, no, no interception in that game. Kept them in the game and really that was a low scoring game, a low scoring affair and basically didn't turn it over, didn't do anything stupid to put them in, in a bad spot. The one game that he had a rough game was against Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh can really play defense and that was a game where he had three interceptions and uh, only 5.1 yards per attempt. So, you know, that's the one you want to look at if you're the Florida State game. What did they do to give him trouble? But overall on the season, he's actually been one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC. His performance against Miami is far better than anything Florida State would have would have had from any of their quarterbacks at this stage. 307 yards, 8.5 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, one interception, 72% completion percentage. That's getting it done. And that's why they scored 34 points against Miami. So... It kind of starts, their, their offense, it, it goes on the basis of of Cunningham, but he is a little hot and cold, and you can kind of see this week to week, just if you look at the numbers. Western Kentucky, week one, 55% completion percentage. Miami, next game, 72% completion percentage. Pittsburgh, the next game, 42% completion percentage. Georgia Tech, 57% completion percentage, and then 77% against Notre Dame. So you can see it's been kind of up, down, up, down, 
sort of middle, then up again. And Florida State's got to hope that this is a down week in in that regard. So the more you can put pressure on him and force him to try to make tough throws, the better. But that that really is sort of the the wild card in this game is which which Malik Cunningham are we going to see? Are we going to see a guy who is going to complete nearly 80% of his passes and not turn the ball over? Are we going to see the guy that throws it for around 50% completion percentage and has a little bit more trouble in terms of uh, of pushing the ball down the field with accuracy? Now, he is a gunslinger in the sense that he will... When I said push the ball down the field, I meant it. They will push the ball down the field in terms of trying to get it get it on deep shots because he's got a he's got a live arm. He's going to try to challenge you over the top some. And the the key guy to watch there is Tutu Atwell, guy who can who, who from Miami, 59 guy. Very very fast player. Florida State's going to have to know where he is at any point. And you know, he's he's a guy that just based on his overall skill set and his quickness might be a problem for Florida State. He lines up in the slot a lot, might be a problem in there if they can get him on a, in a matchup against a safety and particularly against some of Florida State safeties, that'll be a problem. So that's that's really what you have to worry about in the passing game with them. You you they don't have a ton of guys in terms of wide receivers that that just terrify you, but they do have some they do have some decent size. I mean Braden Smith only 5'10", Des Fitzpatrick, 6'2", he's their one bigger guy. But they've got some quickness, and they get those guys the ball in, in open space, and they're going to try to get matchups on you and throw it and, and use Cunningham's arm strength, basically, his live arm, to get the ball down the field. But really where the Louisville offense, what 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 makes them go is they, they really believe in running the football. you got to remember that Satterfield... First hire, he he went and got the uh, the the offensive line coach from who'd been at NC State for several years and and had been one of the reasons why NC State had developed a really good offensive line over the years. And he, they've already started that transformation. I mean, this Louisville team is going to be physical. They're going to run the zone play and they're going to run it really well. And they've got a good back, Javian Hawkins, who has home run speed. You know, again, not a big guy. But he is your typical 5'9", 200-pound guy from Florida. And he's gonna if he gets his, if he gets a crease, he's a threat to go at any point. And th- I mean that just that just is what he is. He's not gonna be a guy that's gonna pound the ball for for a bunch of yards between the tackles. I mean, this is not Javante Williams from last week against uh, against North Carolina. He's actually more similar to North Carolina's other back, uh, Michael Carter, who's more of a speed guy. And Florida State was able to bottle him up pretty decently. So you hope that Florida State's able to do the same thing to Hawkins. And really, you have to just make sure that he doesn't get those lanes and be and and is not able to make big plays in the uh, in the running game. That's that's really what you want to make sure of. If you can force him to be a pounder. If you can force him to to have to run between the tackles and break tackles, then I think ultimately you you probably win this game. So, you know, how how much can Florida State prevent say 7-8 yard runs from be- becoming 30-yard runs for Hawkins? That's really going to be one of the things to look at here. Are they going to be able to put a cap on Louisville's explosive play side of things cuz Louisville has been a pretty explosive team 
in terms of the way that they've done things on the year. And when they've not been able to get those explosive plays, they've not had a ton of success. So that really is what Florida State has to do on off- or on, on the defensive side is limit the explosive plays from Louisville. And they have fumbled a decent amount this year. They put the ball on the floor, or they put the ball on the ground. There, there's no doubt about that. So if you see guys in piles, Florida State needs to be ripping at the ball. They need to be testing to see whether or not they can they can uh, create some of the same turnovers that that have doomed Louisville all season. I mean, that's why they lost ultimately to Georgia Tech was because of those fumbles. And and that's one of the things you want to test. You want to see some of these guys are a little bit smaller. They're small and quick. Can you can you find a way to get them to to turn the ball over to to put the ball on gra- on the ground again? But it really is about limiting those big plays. I mean, you look at twenty plus yard plays on the season against Power Five competition. Louisville in four games has twenty three plays over twenty yards. Florida State has seventeen. Louisville's in the top ten in the country there in that in that in that stat. They've put up. They, they've been able, especially in the run game. They put up more big plays, more chunk plays than what most teams have. Now, interestingly, if you look at Florida State's competition so far this year, North Carolina is number two in the country in that stat, thirty-two. Georgia Tech is is uh, is just behind Louisville with nineteen, just a little ahead of Florida State. So, Florida State's played some teams that that can rip off some chunk plays and have given up some chunk plays. But they've been better at that in the last. They were better at that against North Carolina this last week than they have been, and they're going to have to be even better against Louisville than they were against North Carolina. Partly because I think Louisville's defense is better than North Carolina's. So this is a game where how much are they going to be able to put a cap on or a lid on the Louisville offense in terms of the big plays? So to me, if you if you can limit Louisville to you're looking at they they're averaging basically 5 of those big plays almost 6 of those big plays a game so if you can limit them to say 3 plays or 2 plays over 20 yards i think you win this game if you're florida state if they get their full 6 plays over 20 yards they're probably going to win this game so that's number 1 is can you find a way to limit those explosive plays particularly in the run game and that's all about run fits all about forcing these guys forcing JV and Hawkins in particular to have to break tackles. And if you can do that and keep him from, from clear lanes and being able to get into the open field where he can really hurt you, then I think you feel pretty good about your chances. That's, that's really where that matchup goes. I want to pause for a second to thank Shenandoah Newsma from Keller Williams Realty in Chapel Hill, Carborough, North Carolina. If you have any real estate needs in the greater research triangle area, give Shen a call. She's one of the best in the business. Information's in the show notes. Tell her you heard about her from the Unconquered podcast. So let's move over to the other side of the football. Florida State's offense against against Louisville's defense. And Louisville's defense is, in a lot of respects, very similar structurally to what uh, what they just played with North Carolina. They, they're going to odd front you for the most for the most part, and they're going to try to bring pressure from a lot of different areas. They're very dependent on their linebacker play. They've got some quality linebackers, and they want to they want to basically steer things to those backers. I do think they're a good bit better than North Carolina on the defensive line in terms of personnel. They've got a, a pretty decent defensive tackle, uh, a nose tackle, and both of the both of the defensive end no defensive end defensive tackle hybrids that they have in that odd front 
are good players. So they can give you some trouble. They're, they'll give Florida State, I think, more trouble up front than North Carolina did, where, where Florida State's offensive line really was able to have their way with North Carolina's defensive front for the most part in that game, which was a big factor in why they, they had so much success and why they ended up winning that game. I think it'll be a, a tougher, tougher sledding against, against Louisville, but not by a ton. And here's why Louisville has, has been pretty good defensively overall on the season. And they were, they were actually quite good against Notre Dame. So, you know, hold Notre Dame to 12 points. That's pretty good. You, you've got to feel really good about that. But then you start to look at what happened in that game and what the differences between Notre Dame's offense and the offenses that they've had trouble with are. And all of a sudden it shapes up, I think, a good bit better for Florida State in this game than what the underlying numbers or the overall in a vacuum look might suggest. And here's why. It all boils down to running quarterbacks. If you look at Notre Dame, Notre Dame... Ian Book can can move a little bit and he can run a little bit, but he's de- he's not a runner runner, right? Notre Dame wants to throw the football with Book and throw the football down the field, and they don't have receivers who really can threaten you down the field a bunch. And they're going to try to run the football more traditionally. That's just what they what they do. They had a bunch of success against Florida State doing that. And they had moderate success against Louisville doing that. 232 yards on 4.7 yards per carry. That's pretty good. But Ian Book, here's the here's the trick. Ian Book only 106 yards passing, really not a good night, not a good day for for Notre Dame in the overall uh, passing game. But if you look at what Louisville has done on the season and, and the games where they really struggled, Jeff Sims for Georgia Tech against Louisville, eight carries for 64 yards, nine yards per carry. Kenny Pickett from uh, from from Pittsburgh against Louisville, nine carries, 28 yards, three yards per carry. So a decent number of carries there. And De'Eric King from Miami, only eight carries for nine yards, but then he shredded them through the air because they were so worried about him and fixated on him as a runner. When they've had to deal with a quarterback who's really a run threat, if, they, if there are any other weapons on that offense, they've struggled. And really, you could see it against Georgia Tech because... Sims in particular gave them gave them fits in terms of being able to stop him in the running game. Now against against Notre Dame, Ian Book still had a decent day on the ground for quarterback. 12 12 carries, 47 yards, that's 3.9 yards per carry. That's okay. Only now 20 of those came on one run. But what Louisville has struggled the most with this season is stopping teams that have a run threat at the quarterback position, have a primary run threat at the quarterback position. So De'Eric King, Jeff Sims, to a lesser degree, Kenny Pickett with uh, with with Pitt. And again, Pitt scored 23 in that game. So not not quite the demolition offensively that that Miami and, and uh, Georgia Tech gave him. But that that sort of shapes up well in a lot of ways for what Jordan Travis brings to the table and what Florida State's going to try to do. So I think you can run run the ball. I mean, Notre Dame ran it well, even without the running quarterback threat. You can run the ball against this against this Louisville team. They've they've given up rushing yards all year. I mean, against Miami, even though De'Eric King didn't have a, a huge day on the ground, Miami still averaged five point three yards per carry. I mean, that's that's something. And the other thing is that they've been a team that actually defensively in a lot of respects, they've been very similar in terms of their strengths and weaknesses to Florida State. 
in that they'll get a guy that's out of a gap here, or they've, they've had a number of coverage busts where based on formation or based on this or that problem, they've, they've completely let receivers run free, particularly out of the backfield. They gave up two plays against Miami because defensively, they just defended the boundary unsound. It was just completely unsound. And Miami was able to get a completely free guy coming out of the backfield. That's the sort of stuff that Norvell does really well is using formation to cause some problems to potentially cause some, uh, some missed assignments on defense. And you combine those things with then the running quarterback factor with the ability to run the football and the, some of the difficulties that they've had in run fits and stopping the run. And I think that ends up matching up pretty well for Florida state. So like I said, similar is similar in some respects to what Florida State has done on defense in terms of giving up some plays just due to some blown assignments and due to being out of gaps against the run and that sort of thing and struggling some against a running quarterback. So that's what you're facing there on the defensive side. I think it I think it actually sets up for Florida State to have some decent success in terms of uh, Jordan Travis in the running game in terms of being able to run the football from using some of the creative type things that they do on the uh, on the defensive side or on the offensive side to manipulate defensive fronts and all that. And I think Florida State will probably be able to scheme up a, a home run or two against that against uh, Louisville in the passing game. Again, being able to isolate one of the I, I think I think Louisville's uh, wide receiver. I think their their corners are pretty good. But I, again, I think you can take advantage some of their of some matchups against their safeties. And again, I think Norvell is going to be able to get a matchup there, here or there, and be able to set up a couple big plays on that. So I do think that there's going to be a few big plays on the field for Florida State. And if Jordan Travis is able to play fully healthy in this game and, and be able to put stress on that defense with his legs, I think he can cause some serious problems for what they do in the confines of what Norvell's system allows. So I think there's going to be some points scored there. I like the matchup of Florida State's offensive uh, offensive system and uh, overall offense against Louisville's defense. I think they'll be able to run the football some and do a lot of the same things, some of the same things that they were able to do against North Carolina, though probably have a little bit more trouble running the football than they did at least early against against Carolina. Going to take a quick break and then head to the overall analysis and think about some special team stuff as well. Now, if you're in Broward or Palm Beach County and you've been maybe spending a little extra time in your garage since the uh, coronavirus stuff hit, maybe working out, doing different things, projects, that sort of thing, you probably looked around your garage and been like, man, you know, I could get this place a little more organized. Or maybe you've looked at your floor and said, man, I'd love to have one of those epoxy floors at the, you know, the little chips in there and all that to really smooth this out and, and have this so that there's much less dust in here, all that stuff. Well, if you've wondered what that would cost, give Nathan a call over at Garage Makeovers. Best in the business. He'll make sure he takes care of you. Have the organized, dust-free garage you've always wanted. Tell him the Unconquered Podcast sent you. All right, so one other thing that we can talk about in this is, is special teams. In Florida State, overall on the year has been excellent on special teams. And that's something we talked about in our season preview, that that would be a, a hallmark of the quality coaching that that you would see under under Mike Norvell, that, that Florida State would, for the first time in a while, really be good in that phase of the game. And that's one of those phases of the game that you can really impact just by placing a lot of attention to detail there and coaching it really well. And you can see that Florida State has really made a difference there. 
That said, they've not been real good kicking field goals. So that's something that they're going to have to get fixed. Fitzgerald is going to have to uh, to start making those. He's been putting good foot on the ball. He's just been missing. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of time before those start to go through, but that's going to have to happen soon. That said, this is, I think, a game where you might see Travis J break one. This is a game where given, given Louisville, given some of the matchups and given that Jay is going to be back there again for some things, this might be a game where a, a long return might be the, the sort of thing to flip this game. I'm going to bank on that potentially happening and what I expect to happen in this game. So overall, Florida State's offense has really transformed since Jordan Travis has begun taking the snaps as the, as the main quarterback. You look at 3.8 yards per play against Georgia Tech, 4.5 yards per play against Miami, and then all of a sudden in the next three games, once Travis is actually in there, he enters, remember, after the first quarter against Jacksonville State, 6.48 against Jacksonville State, 5.7 against Notre Dame, 7.8 yards per play against North Carolina. And I think that sort of attests to Florida State finding an identity and finding a way to build out and move the football I think against Louisville, you, you you look at what their defense has done. Yeah, they only gave up 4.97 against Notre Dame and 4.82 against Pittsburgh. So they've been up and down. They're due for, actually, if you look at their games on the year, 4.2 yards per play against Western, Western Kentucky, 8 yards per play, 8.08 against Miami, 4.82 against Pittsburgh, 8 yards per play against Georgia Tech, 4.9 against Notre Dame. And if the pattern's going to hold, you would expect seven yards per play plus against Florida State. Now, of course, yeah, those patterns don't exactly work that way, but it does say something about how their defense has been up and down. And it also goes again back to Georgia Tech and Miami are the two teams that they've played that really feature the running quarterback. And I think they're going to have some trouble against Florida State in that same regard. I don't think you're going to see FSU manage 7.85 yards per play against Louisville like they put up against North Carolina, but I think they'll be north of 6.5 against this Louisville team. I think they'll find some holes in the Louisville defense with the running quarterback. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bet on Florida state at about 6.6 yards per carry in this game. And I think they'll end up scoring North of, of 30 points. So you toss that one special teams play that I'm kind of expecting in there. And I think Florida state will probably score around 38 points in this game. I, I, I think the over in terms of expectation on points scored is going to be really where to go there. So that's that's more what I'm expecting in this game. Now, on the other side of the ball, Louisville's actually been pretty consistent on the year where they've averaged 5.78 yards per, per play, and the only team that's held them under five yards per play has been Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's got a really good defensive line, really quality defense. So I, looking at basically Georgia Tech, 5.8 yards per play, 5.1 yards per play against Notre Dame, 6.07 against Miami. I think they're going to put up more than six yards per play against Florida State's defense, which has been giving up 6.59 yards per play on the season anyway. I'm going to say it's going to be roughly 6.5 yards per play for uh, for Louisville as well in this game. So you think about that. I've, I've got Florida State right in that same range. I've got Louisville right in that same range. I think really the special teams play is probably the difference. So I'm going to say Florida State wins this game 34-31. I I think both teams are going to have some plays. I think this is going to be an entertaining game. This is going to be a game that uh, really says a lot about where Florida State is at this stage of the season and and at this stage of the Mike Norvell rebuild. If FSU is able to win this game and is able to beat this Louisville team, 
that's going to say a lot. Now, if they're able to beat them by more than what I'm projecting, then that's going to say even more about the kind of growth that, that they're getting in this first year of the Mike Norvell, Norvell regime. But I think it's, I, I think it's going to be one of those games. I, I was baffled a little bit when I saw Louisville favored by nine. I think this game is much more of a coin flip type game. I'll give Florida State about a 55% chance of winning this game. I think you're basically dealing with two teams that are very similar in a lot of respects, have some similar strengths and weaknesses. They can get some chunk plays on the defensive side and give up some plays on the offensive side because of not being in the right position and some of the issues that we've seen from both teams all year. So I think there's going to be some plays made in this game. It's going to be an entertaining game. And like I said, I think this is going to be a competitive game between two teams that are still trying to find their way under new coaches. And I think ultimately Florida State has some advantages in the special team side that just might be enough to turn the, to turn this game in their favor. That's what I'm going to go with. Florida State, 34. Louisville, 31. About a 55% chance of a Florida State win. As always, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But Apple Podcasts is kind of disproportionately influential on that on that side of things. And also, don't forget to stop by the Unconquered Podcast store where we've got some stickers and other things that are can give you a little bit of Noel swag. Still working on getting some other stuff out there, but plenty of stuff. The the Rise sticker with the, with the horse and rider, as we're going to call them, the unbranded horse and rider are probably our most popular so far. So uh, give those a look. Maybe buy them for somebody as a gift, somebody who wants a little bit of Noel swag. Pretty good stuff over there. Also want to thank my sponsors, EPR Creations, Garage Makeovers, Luis Marquez, Shenandoah Newsma. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. Special thanks to those above the bleach numbers level. That is Keith Cheney, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Andrew Garrett, Brian Leninger, Travis Smith, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. And the new patrons over at that level, that is Jonathan Kennedy and Tyler Kashishke. Thanks for all of your support. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this. <laughs> <laughs>